I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's Flames Nation Radio, episode 27. I'm Ryan Pike. He's Shane Stevenson. Shane almost has a new place to live. So, hooray, Shane. We're we're glad to see you alive and well and hopefully dwelling in a new domicile very soon and maybe i'll replace my wardrobe with some more things i I actually i might get to go into the place to try and salvage some jerseys tomorrow so i might be able to save my i'll just say it's amazing what what a good dry cleaner can do we do not have a dry cleaner sponsor yet hint hint uh, but we are, as always, brought to you by DoorDash and by the, the wonderful people at Eau Claire Distillery who make Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. So if you want to advertise with us uh, in your dry cleaner, I've got some business for you. If you can save the six Flames jerseys I have and my one Centennial Classic Matthews, that's the one that's rare that I really like. Uh, by all means, and, and the, let's got, be honest, the Centennial I got Classic. business for you. The Centennial Classic jersey is very like it, it was a good design. I mean, we can we'll, we'll we'll have some leaf talk because we're desperate for for listeners. We're gonna have some leaf talk in this episode, but I mean, the, the Leafs. I I kind of like how the Leafs do their their throwback jerseys. I mean, it's kind of like I mean, we're the it's in this market. What the Flames options are a sea of various colors, blasty of various colors, and a flaming egg, and that's it. Like we don't really have a lot of unique options. Uh, they had the, yeah. the, the remember the old the the western jersey had the the, the weird script logo that we don't like. But I had they also team. had the cool like the the shoulder crest in that one was really sharp, and I like that. The bring TJ, that I, so the the I was at Sate uh, taking my parts technician course, and the fanatic is in the mall right next to it. North Hill and Mall. I I went there uh, just because I was bored and I wanted to wander around one day, and it was after the season had ended, and they weren't going to make these jerseys anymore. It was like a month, six weeks after the season, and I got an authentic TJ Brody script jersey for forty dollars. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was the year they they went there. Uh, a lot of people in the front office didn't like the jerseys to begin with, and then all due respect to the people in, in the marketing department that we, we we know a lot of those folks very well. They're really nice people, uh, but I think the the design didn't go over very well. And then the Flames went on a losing streak every time they wore those jerseys. And I believe the story I was told was that Brian Burke simply said, we're not wearing those things anymore because they had lost, I think like something like eight game. They, they, I, I can't remember. Yeah, the they couldn't win in them. They won a, they lost a bunch in a row and apparently uh, on a game, the morning before a game, they were scheduled to wear them again. Berkey just went in and called someone and said, we're not wearing these things anymore. And they wore the regular jerseys and they won. And then they just got rid of like, that, that just, I, I there's a it was a cool idea i like i think if you want to do like if you want to go in and make it like a you know a funky western shirt and do, sort of do like if you want to do sort of a, a sort of a, an old-fashioned and old-timey sort of like i don't know what kind of color scheme you need to do but like i just think the problem was the 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 script logo like you either do a c or you do the script you can't do both and i think there's just there was too many ideas that didn't really gel well but I think if they if they broke out some of the ideas, they would have turned out really nicely. But that is that is that is my long preamble to say I, I kind of like how the the Leafs they they have the Toronto Arenas logo, they have the St. Patrick's logo they wear every time on St. Patrick's Day. I mean, that's just fun. I mean, I, I their like, flip side ones uh, been the bestseller for three weeks. Like and and, and yeah, the, the reversible the the Bieber design one, which is just like it's fun. I you know yeah. I'm. You know, sports are meant to be fun, guys. And I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna do 
some fun stuff. I mean, I, I like what they did with the reverse retros. The reverse retros are reportedly coming back next season, which will be really fun. Not the same jerseys, new reverse retros. And I think it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Uh, pay attention to uh, Mike Gould's timeline on Twitter. Uh, and on, on, uh, he loves he's his a, jersey. He's a, he's a jersey conk. He, he does a lot of stuff for aesthetics, too, uh, in addition to the 90,000 places he also writes. Uh, but yeah, yeah M- Mike at his heart is a Jersey wiener. He just loves yeah. his jerseys. He spends, I don't, I want to think about the kind of disposable income he's spending on jerseys. We basically pay him in jerseys at this point, but yeah. I Get think some we're going to, we're going to find, we're going to see and hear some really fun things coming out, not only from the flames, but from everybody else. Uh, I, I don't know. I, jer- jerseys are meant to be fun. Hockey is supposed to be fun. And I like it when they do creative fun things. Uh, and speaking of, uh, you know, a cheap plug for, for Shane, you did a really nice piece on the site comparing the, uh, some of the heart trophy front runners on the forward side. Uh, and we figured we might as well have a, have a chat about the heart trophy contenders. Uh, Shane looked exclusively at forwards because it made sense, I think, to do an apples to apples comparison. So you didn't have people jumping in the comments being, how could, how come you can compare Roman Yossi to, uh, to Jonathan Huberdeau and, um, you know, Matthew, you know, uh, Austin Matthews. And the answer is, well, I mean, the roles are different jobs. Yeah. Different jobs completely. Uh, that I wrote that in there too. I was just like, Yossi's where he's supposed to be and how he's supposed to play is not the same as even, even comparing Matthews to Huberto and Gaudreau is different. Their jobs are different. So it, it forwards at least like the attacking wise, they can flip flop sometimes move positions, but yeah. uh, D especially goaltender. Like I, and, there's no way I could compare what Shesterkin has done we'll, properly to a forward. So. Let's dif- let's differentiate because so just so folks know, there are various awards that the, the NHL gives out most of which not all, but most are voted by, on by the professional hockey association uh, so generally speaking, here's the way it works. So there, there is, there's the, uh, the season ending, the all-star teams, there's the first and second all-star team, which are voted on by the PHWA. So the first all-star team is the a goalie, two defensemen and three forwards. The forwards are the, the goalie is voted. Uh, I believe, uh, it's the, the, there's a bunch of goalies voted on. And I believe it's the first, the, fir- the first ranked person is the first all-star team goalie. The second ranked is the second all-star team goalie. For defensemen, they're all voted together in one blob, and it's the top four, top two, and then the next two are first two are the, are the first all-star team, the second two are the second all-star team. Seems pretty logical. Centers, again, all voted together. They're, you vote for a bunch of centers, and then the top two vote-getters are first and second all-stars, respectively. Wingers, not like the defensemen, we bundle them all together. Wingers, we bundle them separately. So left-wingers and right-wingers were voted on separately. And this is the kind of thing that the, the PHWA actually puts out a, what they call, I think that's the term they use is the clarifying, the clarifiers, where they simply send out a thing saying, hey guys, remember, Matthew Kachuk plays on this wing. Uh, he's a know, right wing. He's, he's a right wing. wing he's primarily a right wing this year. So we haven't gotten sent the clarifying list yet. Uh, I assume it's going to come out with a balance. But yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you're not supposed to, the idea is, for example, let's just say, um, Alex Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin should be voted on for one position because if you yeah. split up his votes between a couple of positions, that's very weird and dumb. And the, the association would like people to not do that. And so they tell people don't do that and send out a list of position clarifiers. So that's so, so th- those, th- yeah. those are the positional things. So PHWA does, does not vote on the Vesna. That's the general managers, but we vote on the positional all-stars. We also vote on uh, the the heart the heart which is for the best the most valuable of, to their team of all positions we also vote on the selkie which is defensive forward the norris which is overall Top. defenseman abil- ability as in all around excellence at the defenseman position which can mean a lot of different things typically it means you score a lot of points as a defenseman yeah. that's not exclusively what it means but it's generally that's the been the common interpretation uh, but there's a lot of different things. So if you're, if, you know, when you're going through the, the list of, of folks and, and Shane and I are going to go through, you know, sort of for lack of a better term from borderline contenders to strong contenders, we're going to go through the, the, the guys that we're both sort of banding around as potential heart candidates. You know, if you're a defenseman, you're, if you're a defenseman, you can be voted on for the heart and the, and the vest and the Norris. If you typically speaking, if you win the Norris, you're probably gonna get some votes for, the heart from someone typically not a lot uh 
the uh, the top goaltender, the the Vesna winner, as voted by the GMs, typically gets some votes for for Hart. Not a lot. It's usually usually the Hart is trended towards being a forward centric award, mostly because you know the primacy of of goal scoring and point scoring sort of leads it to be that. Uh, it's not to yeah. say that we've had we've had you know uh, Hart winners from the blue line in the past. We've had, you know, Jose Theodore, I think, might be the most recent goaltender who won. That was very controversial because that was that 0102 season when Jerome McGinley got in, off a few ballots. Not in this market, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah, Theodore was the last goal. Theodore was the last goalie in 0002, so, I think it was. 0102. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, that was the year that was year, he got 50. That was the year he got out. his first 50. Yeah. And I believe he won the Art Ross that year. He did. He won, and he won the Ted Lindsay. I think it was called the. Ted Lindsay back then, it or Lester was, B. Pearson. Lester it Pearson. It was the Lester award. B. Pearson now. Yeah, the so so he won. The players voted again as the best as player to differentiate. So the the NHLPA votes on one award. It's the Ted Lindsay Award, named after founder of the NHLPA. Uh, the the first union head they had, Ted Lindsay, who was an excellent hockey player and then became a, a, a really important figure in players' rights and, and uh, setting up the, the NHLPA initially. So the NHLPA votes for simply the most valuable player. It is simply who is the best player in the NHL. They all vote for it, and they get a trophy. So in 0102, for example, Jerome McGinley was voted. It was called Lesby Pearson back then, but it was he got the award for best NHL player as voted by the other players. Uh, so that is exclusively, they say, it's just the best player. It's most outstanding player. Then the but the the heart is most valuable yeah. to your team, and that puts it's a lot of context. So we're gonna go through uh, in some detail that some of the guys we that we're kicking around as candidates. Shane is not a PHWA member, so he doesn't get a vote. I am a PHWA member. I don't know if I get a vote yet. We'll find out but when, when he, up. If he does, I will pander to him. I will pander. I will shamelessly pander. He will do it. We all know, and I, I I trust Pike enough. Pike will always do it very professionally in the way it's supposed to be. Oh, not very little. I'm still like going to pander. Very, very little <laughs> ideas. Professor. So uh, let's start off. We're, we're going to go really quickly through three guys who we like, but are probably on the outside looking in for, for the voting. Uh, they are Toronto's Mitch Marner and Calgary's Matthew Kachuk and Florida's Jonathan Uberdeau. Uh Marner is basically the Kachuk to... Uh, Austin Matthews yeah. Goudreau or you can flip that vice versa but you know Marner is you know the the guy who feeds him the rock and Matthews is the guy who buries it in the the parlance of of basketball for example yeah it, Marner's a, an excellent setup guy he's just I think the challenge for him is his numbers just aren't quite as gaudy as some of the other guys on the list and I think I would say more than anyone else, you could make a case for for Leon Dreisaitl and Austin Matthews or Leon Dreisaitl and this kind of thing too. I think the fact that you know when you're on a team and you're this the second best guy behind a guy who is simply incredible, like Marner is. Like yeah. I mean, you know, let's let's you know we'll 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 throw out some superlatives later, but you know, spoiler: Austin Matthews is really good at hockey and he's cool. really great at scoring goals. <laughs> and yeah. So if you're if you're if you're the next best guy and you're not quite as good at him at scoring goals, you're simply going to look second best, even though you're very very good. So uh, Marner probably gets punished more than he should for that. Uh, Marner gets a bit of a bonus because he kills penalties and he does kill them well. So that that's something that a lot a lot of these stars do. Uh, Marner does kill penalties and he does kill them really well. I I, I haven't watched. Uh, I've missed like the last three weeks. Keith might have shuffled them off, but because they did go out and get some really nice defensive players and like camp and like that. Um, they still Mar- Marner is d- defensively Marner is quite well. I, I like your comparison to the, the the Gaudreau line, but I think Kachuk is, and it's weirdly to say, is more like Bunting because he's the corner guy. He goes in and retrieves it. Kachuk's like the Marner, or sorry, Gaudreau's like the Marner, and Lindholm's like the Matthews because Lindholm's got the shot. But a great line comparison, both elements of all players. But yeah, Matthew Kachuk's about both these two players we're talking about, Marner and Kachuk, are on pace to get over 100 points, should get over 100 points based on how much goals are being scored in the NHL this season. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. fun. And we yeah, love it. Again, like Kachuk doesn't kill penalties. Leon Dreisaitl doesn't kill penalties. Jonathan Huberdeau sometimes kills penalties, sometimes doesn't. They've sort of tried to cycle him off a bit, I think, recently because they want to keep him fresh. 
Uh, I would say, yeah, I would say the, the four guys, sort of the honorable mentions, the damn, why do we only get five votes for this, guys, are probably Marnerka, Dreisaitl, and Huberdeau. Because like, the, there's just... The, the line mates, kind of. Like, that's what I call them, the line mates, because they're really good, but they all have a teammate outperforming. Yeah. So I'll do, you yeah. know, let's, like, when we, when we love these guys in this honorable mentions, it's, it's us saying... Not an insult. It's, it's saying of the... How many? Let's let's do some math here. Let's just play some. Let's just do some basic math here. So there are there are tw- let's say you, there are twenty. Okay, nineteen players. Let's not count backup goalies because we love you backup goalies, but most of the time you don't factor into things too much. So every team dresses eighteen skaters, and then they have one goalie who plays all, most of the time. There are thirty-two players in the NHL. Thirty-two teams in the NHL. So that is just a shade over six hundred players in the NHL in terms of regular guys who play all the time. And if you factor in injuries, there's probably closer to like maybe you know six fifty players in the NHL. Seven hundred so, even. Seven hundred. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be seven hundred guys who play significant minutes. There's probably I'd say you know let's say around six hundred who are simply. NHL regulars, if you wanted to find them that way. So all we're saying is, and we can hear we can hear the teeth grinding up north, uh, up the road at home office. Please don't cancel our paychecks. We love Leon Dreisaitl. We're just saying Leon Dreisaitl, in terms of his case for heart voting, is simply, you know, he he'll be top ten, undoubtedly top no. ten. I think the challenge is though, like justifying putting him in the top half of your ballot is challenging. Well, it's a fine. And it's a five vote ballot, right? And you get five points for first, uh, four for second, three, and it goes down. From I think there. so. so yeah. But you can only put five people on your ballot, is the thing. So yeah. if it, like a lot of the voters, the whole the whole definition of the word, which is another thing, is most valuable to your team. A lot of people probably have an issue with putting two players from the same team. Well, on one well let's 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 ballot. Let's put the heart. <laughs> let's put then the how cart. valuable you are. Let's put the heart cart before the horse for a second here. I think a lot of a lot of if you're being honest, most a lot of people who have ballots are probably going to do some combination of McD- uh, McDavid, Matthews, Goudreau, top three. Some combination. Maybe there'll be another yeah. player who sort of jostles one of those guys down. But if if three of your top four guys are from those teams, you know, for example, if you're if you're voting Matthews one, it's challenging to really justify putting Marner on your ballot. Maybe, maybe you can keep him at five, but that's going to hurt Marner, even though Marner's very good. Same with you know McDavid. You're saying McDavid's the most valuable player to his team. Can you say that his teammate Leon Draisaitl, who's amazing, is the fifth most valuable player to his team? It's challenging. It's sort of like you know, back in the, back yeah. in the day, the the the, when the I, I I made this comparison on uh, on uh, Sports at Nine Sixty, the fan with uh, with Pat and Matt earlier in the week. I love the Sedin twins. They're so friggin' good. They got punished so much for their for, for their being a because there's two of them, and that's Didn't the Henrik problem. Win? Didn't Henrik won. That was a year I think that Daniel yeah. sort of was hurt for part of the year or something. So you actually yeah. got a chance to sort of see them separate for a while but i think that, yeah. that's the challenge like barring an injury it's really hard to say well i know it's like the year that the year that uh, the dry side won we saw a significant time for him away from mcdavid and he was awesome like he deserved that, that was award. the first year that was the first year he potted 52 like like yeah. he potted 50 goals that year and that's a huge thing this is matthew's first well we'll get to him later but yeah. for, so, for for the lower end guys huberto and his point production I just want to touch on Alan Walsh is going to roast me for this, but he doesn't play on the first line either. He does. They, he doesn't play with Barkov. He gets he gets it split up. He plays with on the second line uh, with Reinhardt and another center. I can't remember, but Barkov plays with Berhagi and Duclair, and they both split how much matchups. And Barkov gets the harder matchups. So just just there's just a bit missing. For Huberto, he's got the point. I mean, he's got he's, the counting totals, and the so, counting totals he's do so matter. Good. He's so good. I had I think... him as a lock for Team Canada if they went to the Olympics. Like, like that's not yeah. a slight. Like, that's how much I like him. He's just not, does, not does, the same tier. Does he get, does he get punished for Florida having a deep enough team that you can do that? In a way, yeah. yes. We're not saying he. We're not saying this is a fair process. We're just saying, but it, yeah. like again, again, Alan Walsh. We love you. Uh, anyone, anyone who wants to listen, uh, Alan Walsh, one of my favorite podcasts. To listen to uh, when I'm doing work is uh, the Agent Provocateur uh, podcast with Alan Walsh and uh, 
and uh, Adam Wild on uh, on this uh, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. Hi, Steve. Thank you know, uh, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 good. Like he's very good. He gets punished for being on a deep team because he's deep. In, there's a deep enough team they can yeah. move guys around. Again, still same thing. Same kind of thing with Drysidle. Drysidle. They sort of move him around. In you know, he's sort of he's sort of a, a secondary guy sort of but he's just he's such a friggin' good secondary guy so we're sorry there's only so many spots at the, at the table better luck next time you're still very good players you're amazing uh first first one we really want to dive in on uh kirill kirill kaprizov very tough name to say very quickly kirill kirill the thrill baby kaprizov is really great i mean if you get a chance yeah. to watch the minnesota wild like just and I mean, I, I know I can hear everyone's eyes rolling. The Minnesota, what they're really good. They're fun. They're such a fun team to watch. And Kaprizov is he adds an element to that team they didn't have before. They were a pretty good team without him, and then they got him, and he just adds an element to their team that they just needed so badly. For for fifteen years, Minnesota Wild were they'd finish between fifteenth and twentieth, and they played a boring brand of hockey. It wasn't about scoring goals; it was all defense all the time. They win games three two two one, like and that's that was Minnesota Wild hockey, baby. Jacques, Jacques Lemaire special great, man. Great performances from like Nick Backstrom, and they had Dwayne Rolison for years and everything. And Kirill Kaprizov shows up. And they start scoring. And they got Kevin Fiala. That was a huge addition. They have tremendous defense depth. Jonas Brodeen and Jared Spurgeon do not do not get talked about enough. Jared, Jared Spurgeon like, might be quietly one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. Because he's just yeah, he's he's just good. I mean, he, some he does years everything he right. Some years he doesn't get the counting totals that other guys for, do. Uh, but for he's a just, defenseman, he's just good he's 5'10 like you know if you, if you looked in a draft back when he was drafted not a lot of gms would have just looked based on his size would have scuffed him aside minnesota got him he's their captain he's their leader he is fantastic but the reason that they are so deadly to play against is kirill kaprizov he he's got 36 or 38 goals i believe he's in that range there's no one really close he's to got him he's got 42 goals. 42 goals, 91 points, plays on their top line with Matt Zuccarello, the Norwegian sensation, and Ryan Hartman and his $4,200. Who came back back from a brain injury that he couldn't even, he had to relearn how to speak. So let's let's just, the the fact that Matt Zuccarello's in the top 25. Matt Zuccarello's just like, he's just a fun player. I I really enjoy Zuccarello. Uh, That's just an amazing story. He might be the only Norwegian-born NHL. He's definitely the only Norwegian NHLer currently. I think he might be. There might be one. There might be one other. Best ever. Oh, best easily ever? their best. Easily, yeah, easily yeah. their best ever. But yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, the, the the Wild were a pretty good team, and then they got Kaprizov, and now they like you know another well, great team. We talked. We talked. Uh, you know, are. we we talk about uh, you know the the term that our friend Peter Labardius uses a lot: slotting. Kaprizov comes in and all of a sudden everyone slots properly in Minnesota and he adds an element of offensive swagger that so few guys have in on that team, in that conference, in that league. He just, he adds an element that so much that they need. And he just, he's one of those guys that just said, if he decides I want to score a goal now, it's so tough to stop him scoring goal. The one thing I liked, uh, this is from the games when they played Calgary and it sticks out to me like crazy. Calgary went after him. The first game they played, that was this was the game when they were in a bit of a slump and Calgary was going to play them back to back. First game they played, Calgary just went at him. They gave him they physically, they were in his face, they were punching him, like they were just beating. I think that was that was the game where Blake Coleman basically kept jumping, you know, just crashing yeah. into him every chance he had. He never let it get to him, and then in the third period, he scored that beautiful beautiful snipe goal that like no like like maybe only like twenty people in the league could have even tried to score and after all that after getting just beat down into nothing he didn't let it get to him he continually went out and tried to get quality scoring chances deke around everybody so that is a reason that is one of my main reasons why i am a that and his counting totals and the success of the team based on what he's done absolutely should be considered for the heart trophy yeah i mean is he gonna win no should he be on ballots absolutely he he feels like the type of guy who will show up on a bunch of ballots he, he's he's the perfect i think fifth place guy where you're like i've got you know yeah. my four guys you really love oh man 
Oh, Kaprizov. Oh, Kaprizov's awesome. I do. I get it lost a bit in the Western Shuffle, a bit, but yeah, I can see that. People know. People know about him. Yeah, I think that. I think yeah, Kaprizov just just good. I mean, he's good. He's and he's still relatively young. He's gonna get better. Next guy up. Uh, our friend, our friends, uh, the Edmonton Oilers are playing in Nashville. Some of our friends in Oilers Nation, including uh, Apple of our eye, Tyler Remchuk, are down in, in Nashville. Uh, they're going to be in attendance for that game on Thursday. And that's Roman Yossi, who's, you know, let's be honest, uh, he's probably going to run away with, if not very close to run away with uh, the Norris Trophy. He, he's got really good numbers. It's basically him and Kale McCarr neck and neck for that trophy. Uh, with a slew of guys chasing them, uh, we have we don't have a car in in the the heart mix because that's just a good team in Colorado. I mean, when you have Nazem, Nazem Kadri as your second line center, that's a deep team. Like it's just they're good. And, and you yeah. don't even think you don't. We're not even talking about what Devin Tays has done this year for two oh, second Tay, round picks. Again, we talked about this in the past. Two Devin, Tay, Devin Tays is again. We talked about Spurgeon is one of the most underrated guys in the league. Devin Tays doesn't get the love he deserves. You watch him play. He's just so smooth. He doesn't look like he's expending a lot of energy out there, but he's always where he needs to be. But Roman Yossi, man, Roman Yossi is basically, I would say he's Nashville's Kaprizov. He's, he get he has swagger. He has poise. He's good in all three zones. He scores like a friggin' forward. You know, he just knows where to be and knows what to do, knows where to put the puck. And he's always been good. You know, he's been good for years. It's just this year, he seems to have found that extra gear that, you know, it seems like it seems Ooh. like when you're watching Nashville, when you're watching Nashville games, it seems like Yossi's just going, he's hell-bent on dragging that team, kicking and screaming into a good playoff seed. Uh, I, so now this is one of the rare things where Pike and I disagree a bit. Uh, normally we see eye to eye. I think... Nashville's uh, I still think Yossi's Nashville's Nashville's MVP but UC Soros is having amazing season as well and it to me like we talk about teammates doing really well and it diminishing like we talk about that with Kachuk and all them and I, I do think that Soros to me and this, again, this is my this is how I view it so it, it diminishes Yossi's overall impact like how are you the most valuable person to your team well Roman with that Oh, you see Soros, you're not even close there. But well, you can also make the argument. All, all I'll say, all I'll say about this, Soros, I agree with you, but without Yossi, Soros is the losing goaltender in a lot of close games. Yes. You put yes, Yossi on well. that team and they win those it's, close games because... It's a scale, you know, right? Yeah, like, Yossi gets them ahead, but Soros keeps them ahead. So that's, that's just where my, like, if I were hot about it specifically... I I would be harsh. Now I also know my it that also comes into the fact that my Norris vote would be Kale McCarr first because I think I, I I understand everything that he does, but Kale McCarr is the guy that makes those players better. He is playing. He's just a fantastic defenseman. Everything I watch him do is he doesn't really ever seem to make a massive mistake, and his skill set is enough that he can just be everywhere all at once. It's amazing. Uh, his passings always pinpoint his positioning is uh, uh, how the hell does he get there? I really don't understand for a defenseman. Um, so, so that's, that's just kind of where I differ. I really do. I'm a really high on Kale McCarr and what he does. And again, this is the same as laughing. I'm not diminishing Yossi. I'm calling him the second best defenseman in the entire NHL of all the defensemen that play. I'm calling him number two. That's not an insult. That's still, here's, here's, that's still here's a my thing though. Compliment. Here's my thing though. So, I think you can have this. Is, this will be an interesting semantic argument. Mm-hmm. I think you can have Kale McCarr as your first place in the Norris and still put Yossi on your heart ballot because of That's the, the definition valuable to your team yeah. aspect of it. So I, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I I've seen a lot of you know I saw I've seen McCarr live a bunch of times. I've seen I watch a lot of Nashville games just because they're fun to watch. Like there's there's no loser there. Like this whoever wins the Norris is going to be a damn fine you know, damn fine defenseman who finishes third, it's going to be the third best defenseman. But I mean, it's, it, there's no losers in this race. There's, there's just a lot of guys and someone's going to win, but no one really loses. Before we move on to the next guy, I just want to shout out a really good writer from Nashville, Brian Baston. Uh, he made a very bad error in a tweet last week and he said, Yossi should win the Calder trophy and he got roasted for it. Uh, that provided me great entertainment, Brian, please keep, please keep having typos. That was hilarious. <laughs> We're all human. We're all human. Yeah. Uh, someone who funny. seems someone who seems better than human this year, 
For the New York Rangers, goaltender Igor Shosturkin. The Rangers are a team that probably should be better than they are based on the, the guys they have in their team. Adam Fox is having just a regular good year this year mm-hmm. rather than a Norris good year. Some of their young guys haven't really taken the steps that people have really hoped they would. I still think that, you know, uh, I think Drury and, and their crew in New York put together a really good young core, but they have been held together and held in games that they probably had no reason to be in because of Ewer Shusterkin. If you look at a lot of the, the goaltending box cars, uh, he has 34 wins, which is among the league leaders. He has a 934 save percentage, which is just outrageous. Uh, he has a 2.09 goals against average. He's he's he makes the saves he needs to make. He makes some saves that few people can make, and he's just he's in the zone this year. And I think he's easily the Rangers' best player. And he's you know he's basically the reason or one of the main reasons why they are where they are. Chris you know Chris Kreider obviously is having a really nice season as well. I think uh, fifty he got his fiftieth the uh, the last night. Yeah, that's just a good, that's just a good investment. But I would have I would have never ever. That's something that I would have never predicted. Chris Kreider gets fifty goals. I would have never done that but coming into this year. Like I I I never doubted Kreider as like a thirty goal guy, but fifty I never oh, never clock, expected that. He was a clockwork thirty goal guy. 50, yeah, yeah he's, he's been in the zone this insane. year. 50 is absolutely insane. And from judging from people from New York, and they're, and like I, I actually follow quite a few people on New York Rangers Twitter, and they're like, like Chris Kreider is like automatic in front of the net. Like his 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 nose for rebounds this year went crazy. Now, is that going to continue? No, <laughs> I don't really think he's a 50-goal guy long-term. By all means, clip this, roast me later if he does it again. That's fine. Um, but no, I just... That I just since you brought that up, absolutely just want to say he surprised the crap out of me this year. And they also have Panarin, which gets underrated. Panarin is consistently a player that is if for anyone that plays fantasy hockey, Panarin is consistently a first round pick. Uh, he doesn't usually make it in a 12 team league, doesn't usually make it past seven or eight because he's his counting totals the last few years have been insane. So when you have a player that can produce off like that and your goaltender literally makes every single save that is how the rangers are in a playoff spot now if you look at the team metrics from the rangers their shot differentials and everything are terrible they might be the worst of the like the uh, quality of shots allowed everything and they're still in a chance to win their division a division where the carolina hurricanes and the pittsburgh penguins and the washington capitals play they might win the division because of Igor Shosturkin. That is why we're talking about him in the Hart Trophy conversation. Yeah, because because of Igor Shosturkin, the, the Rangers are in a lot of ways sitting pretty, and that's that's a good place to be. That's why you that's why you go out and get a goaltender, because when you have one, you love it. When you don't have one, you go, shit, we got to get a goaltender. Oh, man, Jonas Hiller again? Oh, sorry, I came out. Hey, Jonas, Jonas Hiller had just fantastic paths. He looked good. He <laughs> yeah. felt good. Was he particularly good? Did he- yeah, in, just, in Anaheim, yes. In Anaheim, yes, he was. In Anaheim, he was great. That, yeah. That's so, what I could say positive. That's good. So, the, yeah, the New York Rangers right now are sitting pretty because of you, Richard Sirkin. Uh, you could be sitting pretty thanks to Manscaped. Uh, after lighting the lamp, hit the showers with their all-in-one skin and hair care kit that covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped to trust below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide to trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code FLAMES. Once again, that's manscaped.com. Enter the promo code FLAMES for 20% off and free shipping. You I'm are getting... definitely going – you're going to take Pat's job. That's too – like the last transition had me like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That one was really good. I You were just class. Now, Golf speak, class. now as we're talking about smoothness, let's talk about Connor McDavid. Um, we In this market – I'll, I'll, I'll freely admit in this market, we're so, we've been so lucky, uh, you, you know, and again, please don't, please don't hate us Plains fans or Oilers fans are saying this. We are so lucky in this market. I mean, we're, you know, we've just seen, you know, Johnny Gaudreau's creeping up on 600 career points. Johnny Gaudreau has been a treat to watch uh, since he joined the league in the, the late in the 2013, 14 season. Connor McDavid has been really fun to watch pretty much forever. So is Leon Dreisaitl, uh, you know, growing up, I grew up in this market. I got to grow up on Wayne Gretzky 
first as a, as a Edmonton Oiler, then as an LA King. And then when he went to St. Louis and the Rangers, he was a lot less good and less fun to watch and talk about. But, you know, when he was in Edmonton and LA, mwah, in, in the vision, you got to see Gretzky regular year. And it, it's really fun that you get to see Connor McDavid do Connor McDavid things. I mean, regardless of how you feel about the Edmonton Oilers and or the supporting cast they've surrounded uh, Mr. Dreisaitl and, uh, and McDavid with, those guys are hell of players. And I, I still think even in a year where he might not be the guy who wins the Hart Trophy, McDavid is easily one of the most fun players to watch in the league in terms of just his ability to do cool shit. And you know, let's be honest, like hockey is a game where guys, guys with knives on their shoes, dipsy doodle around and do wacky shit. And McDavid just makes it look easy most of the time. And if you're going to criticize McDavid, let's say, okay, let's, let's criticize McDavid just for the, just for the sake. Uh, most people will have him probably on their heart ballot. He seems like a guy who'll be, he, he could be anywhere from second to fifth, depending on how you feel about the different parts of his game. And your market, like the voter, each individual voter's yeah, market. Like, who you know, they if, watch, if you see like, a lot, if like, you see a lot of, you know, really, I think the top three are close to interchangeable. I personally have, you know, right now I, I reserve the right to change my mind the next three weeks. I have Austin Matthews one, Gaudreau two, McDavid three. I could mix them up, and it's really it's it's very very close between those three guys. I would just say McDavid's just fun to watch. He 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 can play in any situation. He mostly doesn't play on the defensive side of special teams. He's mostly a power play and even strength right. guy. But he can yeah. do he can he can kill penalties. They just don't they they have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, so he doesn't have to kill penalties. That's not to say De- and can't do it. And flames and old flames penalty kill specialist Derek Ryan. Yeah. I do miss Doc. I never, I, mean, I never I mean, wanted Doc to go. If but. The re, the re, you know, if if you happen to have three Fords like Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Drysidle, yeah, you probably try to carve up the 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 high leverage minutes a bit, right? So, I, I think McDavid. Well, the worst might, part is. No, I just gonna say the worst part is Woodcroft actually has them playing good defense. Like, like we 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 saw them be bad for so long and they really would just rely on their offense woodcroft's come in and they've they I, I hate to say it because i don't want it to be true at that nine it is the nine two game at even strength against calgary notwithstanding there's like oh, i kicked him into shape that kicked them into shape yeah. that was the worst thing that could have happened for a flames fan that wants to see the oilers fail that booted their pardon my french booted their ass into shape <laughs> like, we're allowed to work blue here uh, yeah, McDavid, McDavid, I mean, you know, he plays primarily with uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, who's excellent, and Zach Kleiman, who's excellent. Jesse Pugliarvi might be one of the more underrated guys in the league. He does not, he doesn't, the only thing he has is bad puck luck. He doesn't bury chances the way you might want him to, and he's still super young. He'll get there. I know he's sort of a lightning rod up north, but he's so, he's such a good kid. The Bison They don't team, want him. He's so good. If they don't want him, we'll take him. Like there's, if they don't want him, there's I'll 31 take teams that if Jesse Pugliarvi was available would be lining up yeah. to take him, starting with this one. So yeah. McDavid right now, 42 goals, 108 points. Uh, you know, I believe, correct me wrong, I believe he's currently leading the league in scoring. Like, yeah, I believe is. it's he is. him, him and uh, Leon Drysaitel. Him and there was two are next neck and neck. It's like 58 to 61 percent power play versus even. Uh, versus other production but yeah. hey power play counts games, if you, power if, play yeah, counts power play goals power play goals still count towards the wins so hey get them get them when you can get them yeah i mean that, yeah, again again that's that's just you, that's just you, one of the we're, we're talking about him being three like you mentioned when you your, get to the uh, top preliminary three, ballot when you're getting to the top three you're splitting hairs let's be completely mm-hmm. honest you're splitting hairs so if you want to be like why don't you have mcdavid first even you know he he I would say his lack of even strength production, relative lack of even strength production, hurts him a little bit. The fact that there's a dry sidle hurts him a little bit. But he's yeah. still, I mean, you know, you can you can try he's to rag on him. He's, you can rag on him all you want. He's going to be on most, if not all, ballots. He's he's I, excellent. I personally think we're going to get to the last two guys that both of us agree should be on the in the final, like when they announced the three finalists. I, I'm I'm iffy. I do think Shesterkin gets in as a finalist. I do. I just I really think that the 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 people out there out east uh, and the writers there they've they've seen their team stopped by him a hell of a lot more than we have out 
here. Like, like you got to remember the devil's writers have watched him probably thwart them five times, four or five times this year. Like they're, they understand him, yeah. his level. So that I do think Schuster, my personal final three is going to be Matthews, Shesterkin, and Goudreau. Uh, that, that's my personal, if I had a vote, those would be my top three uh, as well. I, honestly, I really do. I really do like McDavid is think, four. Again, not an insult. I th- and so. I think I think maybe to some people, the fact that the Oilers haven't had like, you know, you can hear the tittering like, oh, how value committee be if the coach got fired? Yeah, okay. I'm like... That's a good argument. <laughs> I, I'm not going to discount that. And I'm not going to discount the fact that the Oilers, the Oilers were, they're still not home and cool for the playoffs. They could still fall out. So the fact yeah, that yeah. they're, that, you know, they're, you know, on the not, not best team in the, in the division might hurt a little bit. The fact that they had to do a coaching change might hurt him a little bit. The fact that there is, you know, he doesn't play in defensive situations. He doesn't, you know, he's not really, he's relying a bit more on the peep on the power play production than other guys are. Yeah. But I mean, he's still Connor McDavid and they still win games yeah. because he's Connor McDavid. So. Yeah. And we, like I said, in, in the article I wrote, I did highlight him as amongst forwards. He, I do think currently this season, I remember I'm just considering this season. I wasn't considering anything done prior to it. I had McDavid as a top three. Four Here's four a question three, though. So. Here's a question though. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're putting together ballot, does the fact that he's already won make it? It shouldn't. Less... To, to me, it shouldn't. It, to, it, each award, this, there should be no previous slate for each award. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I, I some think, people are, I think for, we I hear think for some voters... last year, last year with the Norris, there was some dis, discussion online i i don't want to name names or anything but i saw someone say that it wasn't adam fox's turn to win the norris trophy you know it, and i was I, like wait if, it doesn't matter for, if you come in anything, in your second year and you're the best you should for win. anything like, subjective you're always going to have sort of those implicit biases regardless of if you mm-hmm. know them or not i think to a certain extent like you know mark giordano when he won the norris he was all but unanimous i think he got all but like three votes for first place votes and he was on every ballot <laughs> Well, you, can, you, can, you can make insane. an argument. You can make an argument that in the year that Giordano won, it was his turn. But also, he was the best defenseman, and he was. If he, he didn't was, get for him, it was the fifth or sixth year in a row that he was getting votes, and he was in. He was in the conversation every year, and then like 15, 14, 15, he was. He played out of his mind, and then he tore his bicep off the bone. He. That's what I was about to say. If he doesn't tear his bicep that season, I. He, he was he was at the three quarter mark from nhl.com i believe and like i don't know if, i don't think the athletic existed back then but but like all of what i was reading mark giordano was front runner for the norris trophy at the three quarter pole of the season four games he, later he, he stayed healthy he would have won everything if he stayed he healthy he would have been if he stays healthy he could have been a two-time norris trophy defenseman and we were lucky to watch that in calgary i'm I hope I do hope from I hope he has a good I, I hope do Toronto hope he nice goes run. long I hope Toronto goes as far as they can and then lose to Calgary <laughs> what, what, what a, a storyline that would be what a storyline that would for be me. of Matthew Kachuk just fighting his old captain what a great people would we were just we were just make so much hay him versus Gaudreau him versus you know that would just be fun so I mean especially if they were all in the final all the narratives about both teams not being able to do anything in the Think playoffs of the would be completely gone. Us, us and David Alter at TLN, we'd be we'd be going nuts there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, McDavid, he's very good. There's little reasons why we think he might not be number one. I think I think if if you have a choice between two guys who are equally good, if there was two guys that had equal points totals and equal everything, and had the same amount of help, same amount of whatever, I think maybe you'd, you'd make a case. Um. Screw it! I'll vote for the guy who hasn't won before. But I think there's, I think that you know, there's, it's, I think he's the third best guy this year. He's the third, he has the third best importance relative to the his team. He's still freaking good though. I and love watching before, that guy play. Before we move on to Canadian teams, you are blessed. Like we're literally talking about the top three finals here. They all play in a different. Just be- before before we <laughs> before we get it before we get so yeah just if we just go coast to coast, Vancouver has. Brock Besser, who's not had a good year, but he's generally very good. Elias P- uh, P- Pedersen? I Pedersen. don't know how to pronounce Sometimes it's, it's Yeah, It's P.D. Pedersen, yeah. He's so, he's so good. He's so good. He is. Quinn Hughes is pretty good. 
Thatcher you're not Demko even talking about good. Stereo. I was going to say, you're not talking about their best player yet until you get to Demko. Yeah, they, they again, Vancouver's having, you know, I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. They're having a down year. They've got such Edmonton, a good core, though. They've got such Edmonton a good self core. Ex, Edmonton's self-explanatory. Like, we know. Imagine, again, imagine if you built a hockey team around those three to five amazing players they have. Imagine they had goaltending. I mean, you know, if if Connor else again, feel free to bash me on Twitter in the comments. It's gonna be oh, we love it. It'd be borderline criminal if Connor McDavid doesn't win some playoff hardware at some point because that that would just be an indictment of the I management putting the course took, putting the crew around him. It took Ovechkin, Steve Eiserman. It took, it's taken some great players a while to win. So you gotta like, learn what what's what's the what's the Gerald Sutter say? You gotta learn how to win, right? Gotta learn learn how to win. There's yeah. a way to win. You gotta learn. Gotta Winnipeg's learn. Winnipeg's got a, a decent core there. I think they're sort of. I don't really know what they're doing in Winnipeg. I don't really know what they're gonna do. Ottawa's perpetually rebuilding. Montreal could be really fun in a couple of years because with Montreal. the young guys they got, they they're and their draft picks. Mon- Montreal might quietly be doing what people think Ottawa is doing. Well, Ottawa, I I have a, a couple compliments. There's there's two really good players in Ottawa we haven't talked about, and they don't get enough love. Josh Norris, who they got for Eric Carlson, has like 35 goals this year in his second season in the league. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And Drake Batherson, for as late as they got him, for as late as they got him, his impact is amazing. And he hits things almost as much as the other Kachuk brother, which is which also baffles me. And he can play center and right wing, right shot. is very valuable. If Ottawa um, Ottawa plays their cards right, they've got tons of defense. Like, they've got so many top-end defensive prospects. At least three of them have to pan out. You just think based on odds, at least three. They, they, they kind of – they could have had uh, Matt Coronado in their last draft, but they took Tyler Boucher, which was a kind of a – yeah, they're all prospects. They could all, we we all don't know exactly What's how they're the there's uh there's there's an old saying I love that I still that I heard from Jerry Maguire is definitely came, it was definitely a setting before then. Uh, until they go pro, they're like popcorn in the pan, right? Like some yeah. some pop and some don't. Uh, Toronto as a transition, Toronto has just they, they're just they, they've been they've had the benefit that they were dirt lousy for a while, and then they accumulated a bunch of guys and they drafted well. And they they recruit still well because well. the nice thing is for them. I mean, if you're if you're someone looking at the the Calgary Flames and and the the guys they have to they have slash want to sign long term and go, oh no, how are they going to do that? Here's how it works for Toronto. And granted, they're Toronto; they can do this. Toronto drafted and developed some really good young players, and then when the really good young players turned out to be excellent, they sign them long term and pay the shit out of them. So on one hand, yeah, they have like, you know, three or four guys making over 40 million combined. Does that make you nervous to pay four guys half your cap? It's less, it's not ideal, but it also means that you can go and say, Hey, Jason Spezza, do you want to play on my fourth line for league men and bonuses? Because you'll get to play with so-and-so and such and such. And the answer is, Oh man, those kids, those kids are awesome. Uh, In my hometown where I grew up. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. you know, Ontario has a benefit that they have a gazillion, like they have the population density where just by a sheer math, you're going to get a lot of really good hockey players coming out of there. If you're any freaking good at developing hockey players. Yeah. And there's a lot of great tests. The market there's the GTHL, there's the OHL, the OJ, the CCHA. There's so many good leagues. there developing so many good players and they all grew up Leafs fans and they all would love to play putting on that blue sweater and play with the great young players they have and the best of the great young players for them right now is austin matthews he's just he's just fun to watch he he scores goals he's got like he's weird here's here's the thing that that intrigues me about austin matthews he seems like such an awkward human being but his awkwardness is like a spectacular kind of charisma where he just he, he just gets it and he not only does he get it off the ice he, he scores goals. He scores key goals. He scores big, exciting goals. He's just, he's just good. But what makes, makes Austin Matthews so good in Toronto is he did not give one crap about what anyone in the media said about him. He doesn't care. And that power, having that in that market is 
unbelievable. And, and you know, when, when he's in a slump, he doesn't score for four games. He does not care. If Mitch Marner goes on a slump, he tells Mitch, don't worry. It's just noise, right? Like, don't worry. You'll get back to it. You're a good player. You'll get that. He doesn't care. And then he goes out and he scores more goals than anyone in Toronto Maple Leafs history. History. This is counting the 80s where Gretzky was getting 200 points. So he scores 56. He might get 60, which is insane. He might get 70. He's been on pace for 70 sometimes. One of these years, he's going to go off for 70. He could. He is. is. Now, I had this debate around a table with beers on last weekend and uh, with a few guys that watch regularly. And uh, the one guy, Oilers fan, said, oh, he's never going to do this again. And a Habs fan, a Flames fan, and a Penguins fan all looked at him and said, you're stupid. (laughs) Like, like he scores goals in a manner that nobody else in the league scores. Nobody shoots the puck like him. Not Ovechkin, nobody. The way he can change the angle of a shot, change the power of a shot, and change the direction of a shot is the best in the NHL right now. He is playing the best in the NHL right now. That's not a slight on anybody else. He is just, he is the best player. And this is, this if is, this is the goals, gonna get 58 goals. He, he, he's going to get 60. Could he get 65? Mm-hmm. He could get 65. I don't think he gets to 70. I think he, no, he not. I think he'll, I think he'll go off in enough of a, of a heater that people will go like the, the last hockey night Canada of, of the, of the year. We're going to have Elliot Friedman and, and Merrick and everyone going, Maybe he could. I don't think he will, but maybe he, he could. We also started the season coming back from major wrist surgery. Major wrist surgery. He missed the first four games, and he's been suspended too. So he's only going to get into 76 games as well. You know, you take a guy who scored 51 goals. and 50. If he scored zero goals. That's six goals. Year, 58 that's goals. six goals. 58 goals in 76 games is still incredible. Especially most – like a good chunk of those goals like – you did a breakdown – you know, he, he scores in the power play. He scores a ton of even strength. You know, 36 he, goals. The, the, 36 has, goals even strength. The edge he has on, on you know, Johnny Gaudreau, I think he has 22, 22. 22 even strength. You know, Johnny Gaudreau is like seventh in, in even strength goals or tied for fifth or something like that. He's, whatever it is, he's significantly down from Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews does not have a bunch of assists. Gaudreau's benefit is Gaudreau has a crap ton of primary assists and even strength. He's like a dish master and like, you know, yeah. with good, with the, the benefit, the, the, the blessing for with Goudreau is when he, he puts the stick on, he puts the puck on, on the stick of one of the other four guys in the ice. And most of the time they make a good play and Goudreau set up any number of guys on, on Matthew's line. He plays with Bunting and Marner. Marner is the guy like Bunting is the two way yeah. guy. Marner is the distributor and Matthews is the puck barrier. And he's almost automatic. And that's, and he's, it's, the one it's, part is the one part is now Patrice Bergeron's going to win the Selkie, in my opinion. Again, this is, uh, this is my Patrice Bergeron's going to win the Selkie. Um, Matthews will be second. That that's that's the there. huge. He'll be up there. Yeah, there'd be. I, I know there's a lot of love for Lindholm in in the market, and there should be. There should be. Uh, but Matthews and and the market he plays in and out east and what he does. I I watch a lot of these games, and uh, he he's always in the right spot in front of the net trying to he's actually in position more often than his defense are. like 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 yeah. he he's there he can cover for them if they decide to go chasing around the zone and the he, thing is he like, looks he, very annoyed he, if he has to do it don't really notice does. him getting into position he's like a friggin' ghost he just sort of you just sort of glance away and all of a sudden there's like oh mcdavid's in like the corner of your eye getting into or matthews is in the corner of your eye getting in position like somebody jumps and he's just there like, he knows just, how to get okay. lost he knows how to get lost on the ice like he knows how to be like oh you're not looking at me and I'm in now. I'm beside the for, net. For, the rebound came for, for such great a, to me. For such a big dude who has the reputation of being that dangerous with the puck in dangerous areas, he it's kind of amazing he's able to get open as often as he is. Like that's that's yeah. a skill. And so, well, yeah. it, it, that's just that he can that he can release the puck in less than a second, and it's right where he wants it to go with strength, and he can change the angle based on how the goaltender moves. Like it's just. He, he's a very skilled player. We're, we're talking, he has been the best player, in my personal opinion, this year. Uh, he's been the best goal scorer for sure, but the best playmaker in the entire league this year has been Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. And, without I, and I think, a question. and I would say that Matthew's defensive impacts is something that's really underrated. And 
probably won't, you know, I don't think he'll get the 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 same love that Patrice Bergeron does. Granted, Patrice Bergeron's love is completely earned because he's friggin' amazing. Yeah. But I mean Matthews, Yeah, Bergeron, Bergeron deserves the award this year too. Based on metrics, if you just used analytics to determine the Selkie award for defense, Patrice Bergeron didn't just win, he runs away with it. So <laughs> Matthews is second in those things, but Bergeron is like that much ahead of Matthews in metrics wise. Anyway, and, I use hockey. That's hockey this last time. And, and of course the, the other guy we're going to talk about Johnny Gaudreau just got to 101 points. Mom and dad were in the tenants. Uh, I don't know. We, I, I think we've talked enough about, we've talked a lot about Johnny Gaudreau. I don't think we've, we never talked an, uh, enough about Johnny Gaudreau because he can never good. talk enough about Johnny Gaudreau. I, my favorite parts of last night were uh, flames TV Parker B parks. He was interviewing Guy and Jane. Johnny walks by and he's like, yeah, tell him who's the boss, Johnny, tell him who's the boss. And John's like, yeah, okay, do your, I, do your interview, if, dad. If we're, like, if, yeah. we're, if we're being honest here, Jane's probably the boss. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Johnny, Johnny Gaudreau is one of four kids. Uh, his mom is very online, but like, there's a few, there's a few, Flames, Jane. if you're, if you're a Flames fan and you're in, at all involved on, on hockey Twitter and you've tweeted about Dustin Wolf or, uh, or Johnny Gaudreau, odds are their moms have liked your tweets at some point. I mean, that's just, that's just good, wholesome fun. It's, it's, you know, Johnny's sister, Johnny's sister get, sisters get into it. Johnny's uncle gets into it. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard not to, all over the internet. It's yeah. hard not to like that family. And especially this year, like Johnny Gaudreau is having the kind of year that, you know, most players in contract or non-contract years hope to have uh, the teams having the kind of year. I mean, if, if, uh, if Johnny Gaudreau was having a good year, the flames were shit. I don't think it would be as fun for people, but I mean, it, you know, he's the best player on the best line in hockey. He's going to flirt with plus 60 this year for a plus minus Which is, like I, I i diminish plus minus all the time because you know power play wins and get scored on boom you're minus like like there's a lot of things about it but when it's that big like when it's that big of a difference that's like that's, that, and it only if, speaks if, to the insanity if you want to make the that's case it's not just it. a good team that's not just good oh he's on a good team oh he's gone a good line oh no he's at the point where it's oh that's insane <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, the, the Matthews line is excellent too. Uh, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. line, there's that line in Boston mm-hmm. is also very good. I just think this is the year that, you know, the Goudreau, Lindholm uh, and Kachuk have exploded and yep. Goudreau is the catalyst. Goudreau is the, 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 he basically drives let's go this way. Let's go this way. So the Calgary flames in the Western conference, I think have the, the best or the second best goal differential in the league in the Pacific division. They're number one, the Calgary Flames, as of this writing, uh, you know, the, the Flames are the best goal differential in the Pacific Division by, I think it's 56. Something like that. It's They're up by there. a metric crap I'm ton. Almost, I'm almost there. Division, Calgary, thank you, conference. Calgary, plus 77. Forget, yeah, uh, Panthers are plus 89, so not league-wide. Um, Calgary and just, is tied, a- and Calgary is tied for second with Colorado at plus 77. So they, they are tied. Colorado has one last game played. So and Colorado, I think, wrong. as we're recording, Colorado is playing, I believe, the LA Kings. And it's 5-2 Colorado. So that wouldn't be... So Calgary, so Calgary will be... Calgary's goal differential will be third in the NHL as of... That. When you're when you in this, Colorado probably yeah. will have already finished that game. They'll so, yeah, so, plus three already. And yeah. Yeah, this is... It's just... You know the what what, what if we're gonna if we're gonna knock Johnny Gaudreau, it's are his defensive impacts as great as McDavid's or uh, Austin Matthews's? No, they're decent, but he's not he's not the defense. That's not his role in that line. Is he as good a goal scorer as Austin Matthews? No, definitely not. Is he, is he a better is he, playmaker? Is he the best distributor of the NHL this year? Yeah. Is he the best even strength playmaker in the NHL this year? Yeah, is he the best uh, in a tie game? Who do you want, uh, you know, with the puck to, to distribute in your zone to sort of get you the, the go-ahead goal? Probably Johnny Gaudreau. He leads the he leads the NHL in uh, in primary points and I think points overall in when games are, are tied. If you check the heart article as well at the tail end, I include uh, transitional data. So that's 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 to put that into what it means on the ice. 
It's getting the puck into the attacking zone and keeping possession of it. And Johnny, and so I just looked at the candidates based on points. Like I picked the candidates based on points and role and, and, and word of mouth as well. And of those candidates, nobody gets the puck in the zone with possession as often as Johnny Gaudreau. He dwarfs them. He dwarfs all of them. His ability to get them on the attack, and it's him. These are individually tracked by Corey Snyder. He watches all 1,400 games a year, this guy. He's changed and, to a radiator count of his own entries. Yeah. And, he's amazing. And, and Johnny Gaudreau beats all of these players. So you talking about who you want late in the game to get in the zone and actually attack, you want Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau will get the puck in and actually give you a chance to attack. That's why Calgary is consistently, that's why that line, and it's like late in games, like like last game against uh, Seattle when they had to come back, like it's good. That is one thing that sets Johnny Gaudreau apart from the entire league, that he does better than maybe everybody, but Matt Barzell's up there with him. Matt Barzell is a, love, loves to get into the zone. Jack Hughes as well. But those are the, those are the next, those are the next gen guys right now. Kind of. Hughes baby. See, now, but Johnny Gaudreau, making, Johnny Gaudreau make, does it better than the guys that we're talking about. Better than me, anyone we've talked think, about. Think about this. Think of this. It's been ten, Johnny Gaudreau was drafted ten years ago, almost yeah. eleven years ago. It'll be eleven years in in June for Johnny Gaudreau being an NHL player. That's kind of impressive. Like it's you know it's it's great. He's only been. I know it, it's spooky. Eh? I mean it's it makes me feel old, and I don't like feeling old. I like feeling. I'm not gonna say young. youthful and youthful and vigorous. I, I think the term we're contractually obligated to use is young and fresh. Yeah, young and fresh. That's young your that's fresh. your bio. That's your Twitter bio. That, that's the, that's the FN Twitter bio. So oh, that's uh, the FN. It's one of the two. Ah, uh, who's to say? Uh, so we're winding down, Shane. I uh, I'll say this, folks. If you uh, if you want to go to Flames games, you want to look at Flames interviews, gifts emojis what have you uh the flames keyboard you can use it on your phone download it it's free you can do all kinds of stuff with it uh if you're looking to go to a flames game we'll say this the postseason is expected to begin i believe may 2nd they don't they're not gonna have the playoff schedule set until they have opponents and everything but it looks like may 2nd or 3rd will be the first game more likely than not, the Flames will be hosting. And so you'll probably have, you'll be having, for those of you who have, can't remember how the playoff scheduling goes, games one and two are at the higher seeded team. Games two and three are in the other, in the other city. And then they alternate from there. You know, so in this case, if there's a hypothetical situation where the Flames play a first round series, it won't be hypothetical, you know, for too long. The Flames are likely going to clinch the playoff spot uh, before the end of the week, maybe tomorrow on, you know, Thursday when you're listening to this. So uh, the way all they need is two points. It'll be games one, two, five, and seven, if necessary, at the higher seeded team, which for the first round will probably be Calgary, and then it'll go from there. So uh, that is to say, if you're thinking about going to a game, uh, the, your best, we'll give you some advice here. So the, the Flames have very few home games left for the regular season. They play uh, on Thursday, uh, which is uh, probably the time you're listening to this, against Vegas, 7 p.m. start, good tickets still available. Saturday night, they're playing an 8 o'clock start against the visiting Arizona Coyotes, so you get to see Mike Gould in the crowd with his uh, Arizona jersey. Uh, I don't know why he owns so many Arizona jerseys, but they're gorgeous jerseys, so I'm not going to rag on him too yeah, much about it. Yeah. Then the Flames go on the road. They have two more home games after that. They play Thursday, April 21st against the Dallas Stars, 7 p.m. start. And then Saturday night, the last Saturday night of the year, the last hockey night in Canada of the year, they will play will probably be a fairly meaningless game against the Vancouver Canucks at 8 p.m. Uh, so that's it. That's There's four home games left in the regular season. And then starting in that first week in May, they're getting into the postseason. I'll say this, if you, for whatever reason, are thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, if you're thinking – the, the the current flames tickets are too expensive they're going to get more expensive the playoffs so if you want to go to a game these four might be your best bet because after the play once the playoffs start ticket prices start going up and the it's going to be harder to get them uh so yeah and yeah, uh it's going to be and then if you do get them they're going to be prices are going to be higher than like four times what you could have paid for if you you're, you're, were the first you're, one to get the pick, usually so. 
as a as a baseline, you're looking at ticket prices going up by about 30% for each playoff round. So it's a balancing act you got to do. So we're not here to tell you how to spend your money. We're just telling you this is probably how pricing is going to go. So use your use your best judgment. Do what you feel comfortable with financially and otherwise. And hopefully have fun. You know, it's let's be honest, it's been kind of a, you know, the last two, two, two years and change have been kind of rough for people in various ways. And so hopefully, you get to, hopefully you're getting some fun out of this hockey season. It's been a fun hockey season. As, as Shane mentioned, Toronto's being, you know, Toronto's having a good year. The Flames are having a good year. Edmonton looks like they're going to make the playoffs. You know, I don't think there's going to be very many playoff teams other than those three from Canada. That, that's, that's it for Canadian teams. Vancouver but I mean, ain't getting in. Winnipeg ain't getting in. Montreal you know, ain't getting in. Try, so try to, try to have some fun. <laughs> do, do, do with and try to have some fun of the next few months because, you know, ideally, you know, weather gets nicer case numbers go down if you're concerned about case numbers uh weather gets warmer people can go outside and play and watch uh watch hockey and play street hockey and do kind of fun stuff so i think that'll basically yeah. be it for us uh, as as usual flames nation radio is brought to you by doordash and by the fine folks at eau claire distillery rippers whiskey the official whiskey of the calgary flames uh that'll do it for this week for shane i'm ryan thank you very much for listening and uh we'll talk to you guys in a week where more likely than not the flames will have a letter in front of their name in the standings it'll be either an x or a y we'll see which one it is because it'll probably be at least one of those have a good week guys imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.